quite a wild and remote environment to guide in. It's a beautiful area. I think Devil's Bridge is special. River valleys, woodlands, hills, and it has mountain peaks. This is the Cambrian Mountains podcast. The Cambrian Mountains is a region of Wales, a country with distinctive landscapes, traditions, heritage, language and culture. It's known as a land of song and a country that's full of myths and legends, which, when you see the awe-inspiring landscapes, is no surprise. One of the more unique areas of Wales is the sparsely populated and peaceful Cambrian Mountains region. It's an intriguing part of the country that can often be missed by visitors. Let us take you on a journey to discover why you must visit this remarkable region. You'll hear from people who live and work in the Cambrian Mountains and why they think you should visit this special part of Wales. Croesom Maur i Fynyddoedd Cambrian Cymru. Welcome to the Cambrian Mountains of Wales. Sandwiched between Snowdonia and the Brecon Beacons are the peaceful and wild Cambrian Mountains, truly the last wilderness in Wales. Few visitors can be found in the solace of its rugged landscapes, sparse communities and rolling hills. But then again, beautiful things rarely ask for attention. Don't let the remoteness of the Cambrian Mountains deter you. It's got so much to offer visitors seeking solace and unspoiled landscapes. Discover world-class stargazing, valley walks and thrilling cycle trails spread across parts of Powys, Ceredigion and Carmarthenshire. There are many destinations across the Cambrian Mountains for you to visit and enjoy. Why not discover dark sky sights in the Elan Valley, mountain biking in Rheida, local legends in Devil's Bridge, independent shopping in Llandyfri, forest trails and mining heritage in Dolacothi. Cambrian Mountains expert and project manager for the Cambrian Mountains Initiative, David Wynne Morgan, has explored almost every inch of this region. Well, the Cambrian Mountains is an incredible mountain ridge in, in the central part of Wales. It's slap bang between Erri in the north and Banai Brycheiniog in the south. Banai Brycheiniog being the Brecon Beacons and Erri being Snowdonia. It has river valleys, woodlands hills and it has mountain peaks. We're spoilt really in the Cambrian Mountains in terms of the offer. We've got wonderful villages and towns dotted here and there so you can zigzag back and forth across the Cambrian Mountains range from one village to the next, from one town to the next. And one of the key aspects of the Cambrian Mountains experience is the mountain journeys. You can drive over east to west, west to east, even in some cases north to south, and you can find yourself in a landscape where you feel as though, and you really are, you feel as though you're the only one there. Whilst it's remote and in some cases isolated, there will always be a welcoming community at the end of every journey. The Cambrian Mountains spans a surprising amount of Wales and the diverse landscapes stretch over three different counties. You'll also hear different accents across the counties and, of course, hear the beautiful lilt of Cumberaig. The Cambrian Mountains is made up of three amazing counties. The counties of Ceredigion, the county of Powys and the county of Sirgar, Carmarthenshire. 
And there's a little bit of the Cambria Mountains in each of these counties, each with its uniqueness. You'll hear different accents. You'll hear varying amounts of Cymraeg, the Welsh language, which really gives a sense of place. There are three key words to remember in the Cambria Mountains of Wales. Croeso, welcome. Shumai, hello. Diolch, thank you. One of the many appeals of the Cambria Mountains is the mountainous landscapes, which are perfect for hikers, bikers, nature and photography lovers to explore. So we've got some incredible mountains here in the Cambria Mountains. From the south, in the Brechwa and Llanlluni area of the Cambria Mountains, we have Mynydd Llanfihangel Rosacorn, which is well worth a visit. We also have Mynydd Llanlluni, Llanabyddr, going north then towards the Mynydd Marlan area of the Cambria Mountains, up towards the Elam Valley, where you have Dragarn Vaur, which has two massive stone cairns on the summit, beehive shape, again, relics of the past, but standing proud on top of the mountainside there. And you can look north and south from these peaks and discover the next peak to climb. So from Dragan Vaur in the Elam Valley and on the Elam Valley estate, you can look north and you'll find a peak in the distance. In the winter, it looks white, but in the distance, you will see the highest peak in the Cambria Mountains, a peak many have remembered for the size or the height of the mountain. The peak's name is Pimlimon Vaur and the height is in feet 2,468 feet, 752 metres high. And there are five routes to the summit of Pimlimon Vaur. It's not a popular place to visit as it is off the beaten track and we recommend that you plan, you prepare and you be aware of the remoteness of Cambrian mountains, mountains, hills, and the landscape itself. So in terms of Pimlimon, there are walks up from the road, for example, but there are other walks that start in really remote places, such as lakes and dams. But from the summit, you can get a 360-degree panorama view of Wales. To the north, in Erri, Snowdonia, you will see Cader Idris, you will see Aranvaudoi, and you will see Snowdon, Aruidva itself. To the south and southeast, you will see the peaks of the Brecon Beacons, Penavan. You will also find the Camarthen Vans, the Black Mountain. And significantly to the southwest, you'll see the Preseli mountain range. And also, really to the west, you'll see the full sweep of Cardigan Bay, the majestic Cardigan Bay that covers elements of Pembrokeshire, elements of Ceredigion, but also elements of Gwynedd. So you will see Cardigan Bay. So Pimlimon offers a wonderful experience as long as you've checked the weather, that you've got the right gear, and you have the knowledge and skills to get to the summit and get back safely. Above the wild and remote landscapes of the Cambrian Mountains are the star-filled dark skies. Large areas of the Cambrian Mountains enjoy dark sky status, including the Elan Valley Estate, which achieved international dark sky park status in 2015 and became the first privately owned but publicly accessible park in the world. Charlotte Harley, who's the land agent for the Elan Valley Trust, explains what a dark sky park is and what it means for the Elan Valley. So I'm Charlotte Harley, and I'm land agent for the Elan Valley Trust. Okay, so an international dark sky park 
is a designation. Now, you'll also get the Brecon Beacons and Snowdonia Park, but they are a dark sky reserve. Now, the only real difference between the reserve and the park is the sort of size and how they're managed. Because they're AOMBs, they could be a reserve, whereas we're private. To be an international dark sky park, you have to apply to the International Dark Sky Association, which is based in America, and you have to meet certain protocols and your night sky, your dark sky has to be dark enough. And then there's some tiers, whether you're silver or gold, depending on what your readings are. So in order to become a dark sky park, we had to make an application. We had to consider the lighting in the area. So down in Ellen Village, we actually have street lighting, but up in the valley, it's just the farm lights or car lights that you see. And you had to take a number of readings about how dark it is and what type of lighting you have across the estate. In a sort of simple nutshell, that's how we became one. And that was several years ago now. So it's just been a case of continuing that process, taking the readings and then trying to do things to improve how dark the sky is. There are several optimal stargazing sites within the Elan Valley where you can see the Milky Way, planets and constellations. A really simple, easy place to go here in the Dark Sky Park is the car park at the bottom of Clarewin. You can literally drive there in your car and from there you will see multiple, many stars, many of the constellations. And then at the right time of year and with the right weather conditions, which is always a challenge, you will see the Milky Way. And lots of people don't even have to leave their car for that. If you're more experienced, more prepared, more aware of the situation, over Tyvee Pools, which is further into the Cambrian Mountains, is, is a beautiful area. And the first time I actually saw the Milky Way was there. We were taken over the running of the Dark Sky Park. And when you get out the car and suddenly you just see this band of stars and colour, that's pretty amazing. I asked Charlotte why astrotourism is important for the Alan Valley and what it can offer star-seeking visitors. There's two parts, I think, to it. Firstly, because we've also got Brecon and Snowdonia, the Cambrian Mountains is a wonderful link area, and collaboratively then, Wales has now got the highest percentage of its landmass designated, so it makes us a wonderful destination. For the Cambrian Mountains specifically, I think in general, we are darker than both of those areas. And as yet, we haven't had floods of people. It is growing, and therefore we have been able to promote different routes. Um, there's been the Star Trail, and we have different sites to offer different things. So because astro-tourism can be so varied, you've got first-time people coming out, and they might never have seen the stars or the Milky Way, so we've got sites that can work with that. Here on the Dark Sky Park, we've got easy access car parks, and then you get the more advanced places where people can study the astronomy or do astrophotography. The benefit of the astro-tourism is that you're providing another activity for them to do. You know, the kids might have wanted to go cycling all day, but mum and dad, they actually like doing this so they can stay up a bit later. So you're encouraging people to stay overnight. And you're also encouraging people in the shoulder seasons of spring and autumn and into winter because that's ideally when the darkest skies are. Exploring the Cambrian Mountains Astro Trail is a mesmerising experience. There's nothing quite like gazing up at the majestic celestial skies of rural Wales in the most tranquil of settings. We're currently in the International Dark Sky Park in the Elan Valley at the Tintlidiat Observatory. It's about two o'clock in the morning and it's absolutely freezing, but we're wrapped up and we're busy setting up cameras and tripods 
fiddling around with the settings so that we can try and capture some of the Milky Way here in the Cambrian Mountains. The stars are really out tonight. It's absolutely surreal. You can see so many twinkling stars and there is no one around. We're completely on our own here. It's really, really quiet, really cold, but really serene as you look up and there's this almost blanket of stars. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. I'm currently inside the brand new observatory, which is a sort of small wooden structure where you can pull back the windows so that you can take photos of the stars with a little bit of shelter inside. Definitely recommend wrapping it warm and bringing a big flask of hot chocolate though, as it is really cold out here. The various dark sky sites offer astrophotographers and aspiring star snappers the ideal settings for capturing the luminous stars and even the Milky Way. David regularly photographs the night skies around the Cambrian Mountains. Well, we're on the Cambrian Mountains Astro Trail here at a very special location in the middle of the night. We're going to take a photograph of the Milky Way. It's uh, in the perfect position at the moment above the Yellow Valley. Essentially all you need to take a photograph is a camera, you need a tripod and a remote control. And then you play around with the manual settings on the camera itself. So you want to, want to let as much light in as possible so that the camera can take that ultimate photograph of the Milky Way. David, what settings do you have the camera on? Currently, i am got the shutter open for 13 seconds, f-stop 2.8, and I saw 6,400. Let's see what we can get. Okay. Amazing. Perfect. Look at that. And you've got the Milky Way core as well in, in the photograph. And what stars can we see? Well, we can see a lot this time of year. We've got the North Star. So let me point out to you the North Star. That's up there. And that will give you an indication of where north is. It'll remain exactly in the same place throughout the night and throughout the year. And then the stars seem to travel, move around that north star. Also, we've got Cassiopeia, which is a W-shaped constellation. There's, there's five stars in that. So that's more or less pointing towards the north star. And then to the other side of the north star, you've got... Ursa Major, Big Dipper, or the or the Plough, as we as we call it. In fact, in Wales, we call it a saucepan because it looks like a saucepan. Astrotourism is a relatively new chapter in the story of the Cambrian Mountains, which has a long timeline that spans many generations. Dr Toby Driver is an aerial archaeologist and is also the author of The Hill Forts of Cardigan Bay. He describes the Cambrian Mountains as an ancient land. Hi, uh, I'm Dr Toby Driver. I'm uh, an archaeologist at the Royal Commission on Ancient and Historical Monuments of Wales in Aberystwyth. And so my day job is aerial archaeology, flying over uh, the hills and mountains of Wales, looking for and recording archaeology, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm out uh, cycling or hiking in the hills, looking at archaeology again. 
Well, the Cambrian Mountains is an ancient land, really. You're never very far away from ancient hilltop cairns, pre-Roman hill forts, early mines exploited thousands of years ago, and then some of the more recent mining heritage as well. And dotted in between that, we have the medieval abbeys and the upland farmsteads. So it's a really rich ancient landscape and largely unmodernised right up in the hills. Things are still laid out for, uh, for you to see, as they were hundreds of years ago. There are many historical sites and places of interest that visitors can access and experience across the Cambrian Mountains. Well, I guess the most accessible sites you can see are those managed by CADU. So those are the sites that are open to the public. We have the great hubs like Strata Florida Abbey, the medieval abbey there uh, on the western side of the Cambrian Mountains. For those interested in mining history, we have some key sites. We have Brintile Lead Mine uh, near Llencloedog, west of Llanet Lois, which is open a 19th century mine for you to look around. And other really important sites like Dovey Furnace as well at the foot of the Cambrian Mountains uh, on the road up to Machantleth as well. You know, one of the few of its kind in Britain still to survive a late medieval sort of 18th century dovey furnace for processing ores. So some real hubs around and then also if you want to get more involved in, in the landscape you can go to places like the Silver Mountain Experience, Llewenog Silver Lead Mine and actually see where people worked underground. Mining heritage is a really important part of the history and legacy of the area that goes back thousands of years right back to the prehistoric era. The Cambrian Mountains area had it all for the great mining explosion of the Industrial Revolution, really. It had the ores, it had the hills, it had the rain, it had the water to provide power for this industry. And the story for mining and industry really starts thousands of years ago in the Cambrian Mountains. We know from excavations and investigations that prehistoric people, 4,000 years ago, were digging into the hills around Comistwith, North Ceredigion, looking for ores, looking for copper ore particularly and also looking for gold in some of the rivers. We have the earliest gold object in Wales from Comistwith, the banked in the old sun disk. And it's probably the ores that brought the Romans here as well. We know from Dollar Coffee, which is a really important National Trust property down in the southwest there, that we have Roman mines there. So the Roman military were cutting through the hillside, extracting gold. But also the Romans needed lead. There's a number of underground sites in the Cambrian Mountains where visitors can actually experience for themselves what the life of a miner might have been like. Well, I think the life of a miner 100 years ago or 200 years ago was tough. Uh, it was dark underground, it was cold, frequently wet. You're working without any of the modern safety equipment we're used to nowadays. This would have been a hard subsistence way of life. And we can experience some of that nowadays by going underground on an organised tour. And one has to stress really the safety requirements. You don't really want to be going down these mines on your own. They're very dangerous places. But you can get an excellent tour. Places like Dolicothi, the National Trust Dolicothi, would do an underground mine tour. And Llewernog Silver Lead Mine will also do underground mine tours. So you can get the experience of being a miner. And, you know, from our modern world where everything's quite comfortable and safe, to get the battery pack on for your lights, your helmets and go into that darkness, into that cold, with all the rocks above you. It's still quite an incredible experience. Devil's Bridge in the Cambrian Mountains is an area where history meets legend. We love a good legend here in Wales, and Devil's Bridge perfectly encapsulates our penchant for all things folklore and mystical. 
Tourism began here as much as 300 years ago when weary travellers would seek shelter and rest near the Devil's Bridge waterfalls and three bridges. My name is Alan Jenkins. Devil's Bridge is the centre of my little universe, born and bred there and uh, retired, but we also run a small cafe in Devil's Bridge on the railway line. And since I've retired, one of my hobbies is delving into the history of Devil's Bridge. If you go back 150 years, there's very, very little written evidence that was compiled by the residents of Devil's Bridge at that time. The best way to go back in history is to read the journals of early tourists to Devil's Bridge. Some of those tourists came to Devil's Bridge over 300 years ago. One, Sir William Milday, in 1738, wrote about Devil's Bridge, and I quote, Ye Devil's Bridge, indeed is so terrible a looking place, it may well be called by that name. In short, it's a such a horrible looking place, and fit for Satan to be in possession of. And that is the first, basically, early reference to Devil's Bridge in English. The Welsh name is Pontarvanach, so there's a complete contrast. The Manach is the holy man, the monk, the bridge of the monk. Devil's Bridge... The bridge of the devil. So, which one you go for, it's up to you. The monks were, of course, linked with Strata Florida Abbey over a thousand years ago. They travelled widely from monastery to monastery and they built the first bridge over the chasm in Devil's Bridge. And following the dissolution of the monasteries by Henry VIII, all the lands they owned were sold to wealthy individuals who set up different estates and Havard Estate was one of them. The tourists started coming to Devil's Bridge at that early time. When Thomas Johns inherited Harvard Estate in the late 1700s, he saw a potential to encourage more visitors to come to Devil's Bridge. And he built a new hotel, the Harvard Arms. And the hotel previous to that was classified as a two-bedroom wooden hut, basically. But when Thomas Johns was in the Harvard, in 1795... He recorded 40 visitors a day visiting Harvard Mansion and the viewing hours were only open from midday to 2pm. So where do they all come from? They came from anywhere. I asked Alan what's special about the area and why should people visit? What's special to Devil's Bridge to me is it's a born and bred there and it's the attraction to local history. And what People throng to Devil's Bridge to see the falls, the three bridges, and also lately more and more walkers are coming to walk in the area. And uh, the footpaths they walk on, many of them, date back centuries again to the when Keredigion was a thriving lead mining community. And a lot of the footpaths that are used today were originally created by the miners to go from mine to mine. It wasn't necessarily that you worked in the nearest mine to your home. Perhaps you walked four or five miles and they created paths to get from mine to mine through the shortest possible route. And you'd be, you'd be trodden on some of the original miners' trails as well. The main attraction in the area are the beautiful Devil's Bridge Falls and the Nature Trail. Here, you can see the original Devil's Bridge that is said to have been constructed by the devil himself, according to local folklore. My name's Victoria Chisholm and I manage the Waterfalls tourist attraction in Devil's Bridge. 
It's a very special place because it's so unique. It's full of the wonders of nature. You've got the architectural uniqueness of the three bridges built one on top of the other. There's the 300 foot waterfalls. There's the fact that it was a Victorian destination. So it's been a tourist attraction for many, many years. You know, over a hundred years, people have been visiting, taking walks around the nature trail there. So I told you before about the three bridges. The bottom one, which was built first, apparently, the story goes that that was built by the devil himself. There was a lady who had a cow and the cow had wandered across the river and then after a heavy rainstorm the river was too full for the cow to wander back again so the old lady was wondering how she'd get her cow back and the devil appeared and said I'll build you a bridge if I can have the first living soul cross the bridge and they sort of agreed on that. After the bridge had been built the old lady outwitted the devil because she actually threw a crust of bread across the bridge and her farm dog was the first thing to cross the bridge so the devil got the dog and the lady could get her cow back. I think Devil's Bridge is special because it was one of the first destinations where people would come and visit as a tourist attraction in this area and it's just so unique there's nowhere else in the world like it with three bridges built one on top of the other. As well as dark skies, history, heritage and culture, the Cambrian Mountains are also known for their impressive landscapes and wide variety of nature. Here you'll find peaceful nature trails, mountain regions, as well as plenty of hiking and biking routes that offer lots of opportunities to spot local wildlife. My name's Jen Jones. I work for Natural Resources Wales and my official title is Team Leader Visitor Centres. So from that I manage uh, three visitor centres for the organisation in Mid Wales. In the Cambrian Mountains you get a wide variety of wildlife and we've got a whole host of different wildlife. The red kites come in every day to be fed at the centre. It brings in about a hundred of them at one time and it's quite a spectacle. And we feed them every day of the year, even Christmas Day, Boxing Day. So they get fed at 3pm in the summertime and at 2pm in the winter. We have buzzards, we have peregrine falcons, we have kestrels, merlins, sparrowhawks, they're all seen there regularly. Cuckoo, when I came in now, she's singing madly up in the mountains, which is really great to hear. So we have tree pipid, pipe flycatcher, red star, goose gander, golden eye whoopersons. They all come into the lake every now and again. Combine nature and wildlife on the many exciting trails in the Cambrian Mountains and cover a lot of ground while surrounded by the undulating, unspoiled landscapes as the red kites circle above you. Most of our trails are mountain biking trails, so you're going into the sort of the adventurous biking now, cycling. The site at Bochantavaria offers stunning high-level wilderness winding, and that's for the mountain bikers, with trails heading out into the epic scenery of the Cambria Mountains. So it's a great site for somebody who likes their rugged riding. Just be prepared for everything from true mountain climbs to river crossing and technical rocky descents, which, you know, is not my kind of thing, but hey, there we go. So the trail combines the best of single track, backcountry mountain tracks, 35 kilometres, 18 kilometres, 10 kilometres. So there's different variations of trails for you to try in all weathers. And that's what people come and that's what people like to do. The 
Cambrian Mountains are an exciting and sometimes challenging destination for mountain biking with a great variety of off-road tracks, long-distance trails and bridleways to discover. There's also a number of organised rides with experienced local guides that can help you get the most out of your biking experience. Phil and Polly from Mountain Bike Wales have been running guided biking trips in the area for a number of years. Hi, my name's Phil and I'm from Mountain Bike Wales. We're a small mountain bike company based in the heart of the Cambrian Mountains at a place called Stay Little. And we've been guiding here in the, the Cambrians, the Ellen Valley, and north of here for roughly about 20 years. It's quite a wild and remote environment to guide in. It's quite sparse, it's quite underpopulated, so you're never really going to see any other riders all day, and it makes it quite unique in that. I asked Phil what his favourite rides in the Cambrian Mountains are and why cycling here is such a unique experience. OK, I think for me there's, a, there's probably a couple of favourite rides that we've got that we, we like to show people and guide people along. And I think for us the, the Trans-Cambrian Way is probably the, the big one. There, there aren't many multi-day adventures, uh, not just in Wales but around the, the UK. And um, the, the Trans-Cambrian Way is three days of riding across you know, the whole of the range, if you like, so across the oldest mountain range in Europe. And it's just stunning, just from start to finish, from areas that are farmed and quite, um, you know, a few farms and villages that you pass through along the way on day one and into day two of it, when you enter the Ellen Valley and the, the gateway to the Cambrian Mountains, it becomes really wild and remote and people suddenly realise they're out there a little bit and it's a, it's a certainly a, quite an unforgiving place when, when the weather's pretty rough. And people come on the group rides to meet some people who are new, have a have a a weekend away with friends, have a good crack. It does really gel people together. It's amazing when you're doing a multi-day journey across such a wild landscape. So mountain biking in the Cambrian Mountains is really unique because you can ride for seven or eight hours in a day and not see another soul. So one of my favourite trails in the Cambrian Mountains is right here in the Elan Valley. Just along the south side of Cabancoch Reservoir is a single track bridleway that leads us up towards Clarewin. It's the first real sight you have of the Cambrian Mountains. It's so beautiful. The, the way the, the, the hills and mountains just roll into the valley above the Cabancoch reservoir and for many of us on the Trans-Cambrian we've just started at night and we've come through a whole day of riding and it's not been that mountainous and then suddenly day two morning of you, you come up into the Alan and you're presented with this this gateway into the Cambrian mountains and you know I start to get goosebumps when you start riding through it because you know you're not going to see anybody else for the next seven or eight hours because you're getting out into the wilds and for me that section of trail all the way up to Clarowin and we call the Sunken Road it's challenging but it, it's fun but it's 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 spectacular and I think people's jaws literally drop the minute they kind of see that and I think reality also bites that we're in a very wild and remote area at the same time so that section for me is, is probably one of the best. For bikers, hikers and travellers looking for a place to stay in the region, the Cambrian Mountains has a range of high quality accommodation, including hotels, guest houses, cottages, camping and glamping. My name is Rhys Thomas. I'm a town councillor responsible for tourism in Reda, Cundaither and the Allen Valley, but also the owner of Mid Wales Holiday Let. The unique thing about the Cambrian Mountains, I think, is, well, it's a bit of a cliche, but it is a hidden gem. You have the chance to stay in 
communities that are actually real. They built up through generations and you can actually immerse yourself within the towns and villages. It's being built around agriculture mainly and you've got the scenery, the nature, things like that, which, you know, we've got a vast array of accommodation. We've got some fantastic lodges, hobbit homes, caravan parks all around the area. So there's hotels, a varied amount of hotels and not just hotels in towns as well. You know, we've got hotels in some of the small villages around which, you know, really do offer that warmth and luxury. And hopefully in the next year or year and a half, there's there's going to be big developments in the area where there may be a boutique spa hotel coming. So something to look out for. Reese thinks the Cambrian Mountains has a lot to offer visitors looking to stay in the area and spend more time exploring the region properly. I think the biggest selling point is you can come here and you can actually experience natural offerings from fishing, for example. You know, the 1,700 acres of lakes around here where people can come for £7.50 a day. Whilst the Cambrian Mountains might be best known for hiking, biking and gorgeous landscapes, The region also has a lot to offer in terms of local produce and food and drink specialities. Visitors can find a range of independent cafes, restaurants, shops, delis, chocolatiers, microbrewers and butchers that sell the very best of the Cambrian Mountains produce. If you want to bring a taste of the Cambrian Mountains home with you, you can buy local produce including meats sourced from local farms in shops such as Matthew's Butchers in the old drover's town of Clandovery. Hi, I'm Di Matthews. We have a butcher shop in Clandovery, one of the necklace towns of the Cambrian Mountains. We've been there since 1988 and we try and source all our meats as local as we can. We try and avoid imported meats because we want to keep the Cambrian Mountains sustainable. Because the Cambrian Mountains have good pasture, it gives a better product. As well as high-quality Welsh meats, you'll find a range of delicious produce in the Cambrian Mountains, including cheese, jams, ice cream, tea, coffee and chocolate. Sarah Bunton is an award-winning Welsh chocolatier based in Devil's Bridge. She skillfully hand-makes beautiful chocolates and fudge, which combine classic flavours with their own special touches to create innovative chocolates. She's also a huge advocate for Cambrian Mountains produce. I'm Sarah from Sarah Bunton Chocolates and I make chocolates for a living in Devil's Bridge. There's loads of producers in the Cambrian Mountains, whether it be food, drink, craft or or anything. There's local milk producers that have recently started selling their own milk. A Llaith Llanfair, one of them. And Gwarfan on Milk, they've also done the same sort of thing. There's beer, the Heart of Wales Brewery. There's tea and coffee and jams and honey. So I've been making chocolates for over 10 years. I've got a shop in Devil's Bridge where you can watch us making the chocolates and obviously you can buy them as well. First of all, we have to temper the chocolate, which basically means that your chocolate has to be at the right temperature. When you melt the chocolate, you need to cool it to stabilise the crystals, which gives the chocolate that smooth and glossy finish. 
and that perfect snap. Once the chocolate's tempered, we go on to work with whatever we're making, whether it be chocolate truffles or chocolate bars or hot chocolate stirrers. We make a range of filled chocolates and truffles, probably got over 20 flavors there. We make hot chocolate stirrers, which you just stir into hot milk to make your hot chocolate. We make chocolate bars with various toppings, such as eaten mess or fudge or salted caramel. And we also make kids' items such as chocolate animals or lollipops. I asked Sarah why Cambrian Mountains products are so special. I think the food in the Cambrian Mountains is so special because it's made by local people with their own hands and I think it's great because you know where the food's coming from or and you know probably who's made it. Author, TV presenter and food and drink specialist Neris Howell knows a thing or two about using local produce to create delicious dishes at home. In her beautiful kitchen, Neris made us a selection of dishes and drinks including cowl, rice pudding, bread and butter pudding and freshly brewed coffee using Cambrian Mountains produce. My name is Neris Howell. I'm a food author and TV cook and a Welsh food and drink specialist. Today I'm going to make some rice pudding using this amazing milk, Llaith Llanfair, Llaith Cyflawn or Borfa i'r Botel, from grass to glass. And this milk has been produced from Frisian and Jersey cows on the family farm in Lampeter. So I've heated a pint of milk, flavoured that with a bay leaf and some grated fresh nutmeg. And then I'm just pouring that into an oven-proof buttered dish. I'm going to leave the bay leaf in as well. And then I'm going to sprinkle about 50 grams of uh, short grain rice, obviously for pudding rice. And then just a little bit, about a spoonful of sugar just to sweeten it. And then I'm putting that in the bottom of the agar very low, slow cooking for about two hours. I will come back to that because I'm going to jazz it up with some local eggs later on. With the rice pudding in the oven, it was time to start making some cowl. Okay, so I'm making cowl with lamb from the Cambrian Mountains. This lamb uh, has come from Matthew's Butchers in Llandavri in the Upper Towy Valley. And I'm using a special cut here. It's the middle neck of the lamb. What I've done with that is I've roasted it quickly and then just covered it in water and a bit of onion seasoning, a bit of pepper, salt and a bay leaf. Now some of you may not know what cowl is. It's a traditional Welsh dish. It's like a broth and different meats can be used and every family will have their own recipe. For this cowl, I'm using a beer I'm going to add at the end. This is Curucalon Cambrian, Cambrian Heart Ale. It's made by the Heart of Wales Brewery in Llanorted Wells. The brewer uses water purified by the mountain's natural filtration. Beautiful golden colour. Oh yes, very hoppy. Mm, I think that's going to go really well in the cowl. After eating Neris's incredible cowl, it was time for some puddings. What have we got here, Neris? So this is the rice pudding. It's come straight from the agar onto the plate. And we're going to serve it with Smith Jones raspberry and rose jam, homemade in the Cambrian Mountains. Sounds lovely. So as well as rice pudding, Neris also made a special bread and butter pudding using local produce. So the Pim Limon bread and butter pudding is ready. And just to serve it, 
and grating some Sarah Bunton's chocolate. That's from Devil's Bridge as well. And we're going to scoop some Auntie's traditional vanilla ice cream on top just to finish it off. That looks lovely. Mm. To round off our Cambrian Mountains lunch today, we have a freshly brewed cup of TV coffee dark skies served with Sarah Bunton's truffles. Coffee smells absolutely delicious. Mm, enjoy. That's got a really strong sort of smell, mm. aroma coming off it. It's very it? strong. In fact, it's six out of five strength. Ooh. I had no idea you could have six out of five, but there you go. Oh my goodness, that's going to wake you up in the morning. <laughs> well, it's going to keep you awake <laughs> during those dark skies. <laughs> It's best to spend as much time as you're able to exploring the Cambrian Mountains region. There's little point racing around trying to take in the many activities, trails, towns and lovely produce on offer here. If you're able to, take some time to discover what's unique about the area and absorb the language, culture and heritage of these unspoiled lands. We hope that this podcast has inspired you to visit this intriguing and wild part of Wales and we look forward to welcoming you to the Cambrian Mountains soon. The Cambrian Mountains podcast was produced by travel journalist Portia Jones and audio producer Luke Jones. For more information on the Cambrian Mountains and to plan your visit, head to thecambrianmountains.co.uk.